Hey back listeners to the next episode of the Corporate Happiness Show and I'm just always so excited to do these recordings because they're dear to my heart and my name is Jacqueline and I'm your host and today's guest we met she's super special and I let you in why we met through the focus group um, chats that I hold groups and chats and um, what really really got me is that she gets the connection between HR and leadership and that's what we're really going to talk about. She has an incredible background and we're going to talk about that too and all the juicy stuff that she knows. So welcome Robin to the show. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I've been really looking forward to this and I enjoyed our chat immensely when we spoke a few weeks ago so I'm happy to share um, some guidance and things that I, I've learned over the last 30 years in HR. I know, right? It's like, I enjoyed that chat too. And I know that um, we kind of kept pushing it out for a few weeks and I just mm-hmm. realized, oh my gosh, I can't wait for this chat to happen. So to dive right into, um, you mentioned in the focus group about HR needs to be like really kind of like a partner to the yes. executive, to the leadership. Mm-hmm. And that just striked me as so common sense, but so mm-hmm. potent. Yes. Can you elaborate a little bit what you mean with that? You know, when you work in HR, there, there's two sides of HR. So there's the compliance side and the mitigating risk side. Um, and then there's the human side or the employee side. And, you know, how do you balance those? And to balance those, you need to be able to align with your leadership team about what are the what's the good and the bad. You know, what are the good things that we need to be focused on, and how do we get there? How do we get the team there? What kind of team do we need to do that? And then, what are the things that maybe leadership's not always good at, and how do we manage those when there's an employer relations situation or things where you need to. Um, really engage with the person one-on-one and work through those things. And then it's educating the leaders about what's important um, and looking at the big picture of things that, you know, we can't look at one little problem, but we have to look at it in a broader scope because how it can mushroom or create a bigger problem, (laughs) don't deal with it right when it's happening. Yeah. And what do you think like the the whole relationship, like if you're a partner versus if you're not a partner, because HR a lot of times are not looked at really as a partnership, no, right? It's just, we're just gonna give it to HR, they'll deal with it. Mm-hmm. So what do you think is the difference if leadership looks at you as a partner versus as just another department that pushes paper and they'll right. figure it out? What's the difference you think? And the outcome too, you know? I, I Well, so from my experience, Um, an HR representative needs to earn that. So it doesn't happen day one, because day one you are thought of as that person that's behind the scenes and dealing with compliance and problems and so forth. And you need to create that persona about yourself that you're more than that. And in order to do that, you need to have the bold conversations with your leaders. Sometimes they don't like that, but it's really important to do it in a respectful way and say, look, I know this is happening, but if we don't do X, Y, and Z, there's going to be a bigger issue. And maybe at first they don't listen or they're like, yeah, yeah, you know, we'll, we'll figure it out. And then something happens. And then all of a sudden it's like, wow, she did talk to me about that. Or this is something that we really should address in a bigger way. And so 
it's you need to ease your way into that. But you also need to gain that respect, not only of the leaders, but of the team. Because unless you're engaging with the team and you really know the team, how can you even speak to that or how to solve those problems? So for me, I kind of take it as an approach when I first started working at a company a few years ago, it was always, you know, you spend a lot of time with the team. I do these HR check-ins and I want to meet with people one-on-one and I want to talk to them about, you know, um, who they are and get to know them and what's working and what's not working. And by doing that, you get a real sense of the team, of the struggles they might be having with their manager or things as a whole organization that we should be addressing. And then you can go back to your the CEOs and the CFOs and say, look, these are the kinds of things I'm hearing and seeing. And that's how you evolve that relationship. I think, honestly, the times where everyone thought of HR as the place where you go when you did something wrong is starting <laughs> to change. Like I've seen that a lot. And you know, in addition to my role at Blue Dot as a VP, I also have my own HR consultancy and I have 22 startup clients and they, it's a, it's a learning curve, right? But I do see that evolving and people starting to really, the sea the levels really starting to understand that this is important. Yeah, absolutely. And you just mentioned like what I wanted to touch base uh, next on that you're the vice president of people operations mm -hmm. and you went through a lot of different HR phases and mm -hmm. business management. And also you have a background for uh, in restaurant business. So how mm -hmm. do you think that I mean, it's amazing that that the way you you bloomed, basically, it's amazing. And I think that also shows then how big your heart is and how capable you are from that big heart then to talk with these leadership levels and say, hey, we need to look at this. You're not so good at this. So let's figure out another way because the people don't like this, right? And yeah. um, So how do you think your way and your background is helping you to do what you're doing so wonderfully now? I, you know, as a young child, I was very shy and very quiet. And my whole family was in the restaurant business. <clears throat> and when I was 15, my dad's like, you need to get a job. So, so we put me um, in front of people, which I was really nervous about. And I think I, I worked at the golf course cooking hot dogs, you know, and I had to start engaging with people. And I'm a, when I'm comfortable with someone, I, I, I'm quite the talkative person, but it takes a while for me to warm up. Um, and over the course of those couple of years, I had to come out of my shell so much, almost forced to come out of my shell that I realized how much I enjoyed it, you know, once I kind of got over that hump. And, you know, I did go to school for hotel restaurant management. And then halfway through, I switched to business because I thought, what am I doing? Like, I, <laughs> I just want to, I might not want to do work in a restaurant, um, even though I love working with people. And I think that is where, you know, that experience helped me evolve into what you become a, a people pleaser, I guess, because you're working in the restaurant industry and you want to take care of everybody. And, you know, I grew up in a family that are, that was our whole background. So that's really what my my life was about, you know, as a younger adult. Um, and then I somehow landed in HR kind of accidentally. Yeah, and I mean, because you love people, you love communication, mm -hmm. but do. you also Very come important. from a real open, big heart. Like, mm -hmm. and I think that really helps then to bring a point across to 
either the people or the leadership didn't say, hey, we need to change this because it's not a prop, it's not, it has real meaning and it has also like, you know, a, a meaning of wanting to make a situation better, make a company better, but also kind of, you know, calibrate or help calibrate a leader into a better leader, right? That's true. That's true. I mean, I'm lucky um, at my job at Blue Dot. I have great leaders. Like, they're really great. Um, and we, we've really worked hard together the last four years trying to build something that I'm very proud of now. And I feel like everyone on our team could say that if they came to me with an issue, I would, you know, deal with it. And that the CEO um, and the CPO would, with open ears, listen to what I had to say. And I'm lucky, you know, that I, I'm in an organization like that because there's lots of organizations that you don't have the accessibility to your leaders as much as you would like to. Absolutely. So since this is a you know corporate happiness show mm -hmm. and we want to talk about happiness, mindfulness and just wellness betterment and, you know, keep burnouts out of the door, <laughs> kind of mm -hmm. like that stuff. So what do you think? Like, let's start at the leadership. What do you think leaders really need in order to help themselves? Really? It's also about themselves, but also, themselves. Yes. yeah, and also help them through that helping themselves help their company to just be a happier place for people to be what do you think they need i think the most important thing they need is that, that especially a smaller company that's going 100 miles an hour is they need to stop for a minute and one remember why they hired the people they hired and listen to people you know that are experts in different areas to take some pressure off themselves so they're not so stressed um, and I think that they need to, it needs to come from the top down that not only do they make the team feel valued, but they teach the managers or encourage and empower the managers to make the, the rest of the team feel valued, important, and that we, we care about people. Um, that's really important to us. And I think every organization, you want to get the job done at the end of the day at that, you know, that's the bottom line. You need to get the job done, but there are many ways to do it and let's do it in a way that we show that we care, care for people. Yeah. And let's do it in a way that actually nourishes the whole, you know, the whole organism. Because and it empowers if, people to exactly, feel value. You know, they're yeah. going to work, you know, they're going to be like, yay, raw team when people feel like, they're excited and people appreciate what they're doing and they're rewarded for that. And it doesn't have to be monetary, but in just some way they're rewarded. Yeah. So back to basics, mm -hmm. back to basics. So what do you think like the managers need? I mean, you already tiptoed a little bit into the managers, but what do they need in order to then, you know, pay it down, right? Like give it down and further it down to the people, the goodness. I think they need to, well, they need to kind of have time where their team is just kind of managing things for them. And I think, you know, I kind of touched on that a couple of minutes ago, but it's more like some CEOs want to be involved in every single thing. And that really isn't the best way to manage things for, for many reasons. Um, and I've seen that across the board with lots of my clients. They're trying to be involved in too many things instead of focusing on the more strategic or higher level things. And so you have to think about, is that because they're nervous or they they don't want to let go and why don't they want to let go so you need to yeah. kind of like call it out and say why don't you want to let go because you just you know hired this person who's very capable of doing this so let them 
you know, let them run with it. Um, and sometimes that think that's hard for leaders to do that. And so it's encouraging them to do that and helping them put things in place. Like a lot, like at, at Blue Dot, um, our CEO does one-on-ones like every week with, uh, or maybe it's every two weeks with the leadership team. And then we have a leadership team meeting and that's super helpful because everyone has an opportunity to talk about what's going on. So he feels more comfortable that things are happening, um, but that he, and he's, you know, I, I think to give an example, he's done a really good job of trying to now let people kind of do their own thing. But, and that's from my experience, but I also, from some of my other clients, it's very much like they have a hard time. So I think that would be a common theme for me is that you got to teach them how to do that so that they're not like getting overly stressed or um, it, it doesn't help leadership if they're not able to kind of run with the ball sort of thing. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. Oh yeah. yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, a lot of times I think it's when leadership then suddenly is there and you know, they always did everything themselves, whatnot, mm -hmm. then they hire someone and then they are supposed to let go. So it's just kind of like a, you know, it's you're learning how to walk, right? So it's kind of yes. like just practice it and whatnot. But other mm -hmm. times there's actually deeper issues about it or deeper, you know, conversations to have. What are those other reasons in your eyes? Because you work with a lot of leaders and you, in mm -hmm. your job and also in your company, you see it all the time. So what are the biggest reasons why leadership have trouble letting go um well since i'm a business owner too i can relate to it in multiple different ways so yeah. it's honestly you need to find the right people so that you can let go and oh. if you don't find the right people it's harder to let go um i think because especially with everyone i deal with we're all under 100 employees so that's really small or some clients I started with them as soon as they got their seed money and I'm their first exposure to building out an HR framework and how to put things in play. And there are some leaders that just can't let go at, at all. And partly it's because there's not a trust element there or they want things a certain way. So they have to be very clear in their communication of exactly how they want it and how they want it. And they need to understand the person that's the recipient of that. What's the best way to communicate with that person? Because it might not be a one-on-one -on -one meeting. That person might want to see something in writing or they might yeah. have a meeting yeah. and then put it in writing afterward because, and so I think it's the CEOs re recognizing what they need to do to be able to, to get to that point. And I know that for myself, if I'm not clearly communicating um, or maybe I've had a conversation with someone, but I didn't back it up with an email, for example, the person maybe only got half of what I said and then something goes wrong. And then I'm like, well, how did that go wrong? So if you understand, it's kind of that self-reflection on one hand, like, am I communicating properly to this person to get what I need? And then it's the other side, how does this person best receive communication? You yeah, I like that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm a small business owner too. And right. So, it's the yeah, same. I mean, I it's like it's from even communication. From yeah. And also it's like, you know, it's your baby, right? Mm -hmm. It's yes. like your baby and you want right. it a certain way. But mm -hmm. sometimes it's actually really interesting what happens when you hire the right people and you yes. learn to let go and they bring in their new ideas, new mm -hmm. energies and whatnot, how then you actually expand as a company because alone you could never do that because it's more right. creative 
creative more that's inspirational great. that way so mm -hmm. i like that and communication it really is clarity communication openness mm -hmm. it's really really important so what do you think the people need what do i think the people need as far as the communication side of it or what do i think the people Just need for to be happiness happy? because there's okay. so many people unhappy mm -hmm. right now and so That's much right. changed with covid mm -hmm. and everything mm -hmm. and it's an invitation to change it's a real Absolutely. invitation and Absolutely. it's an opportunity too so what do you think people need like Mm -hmm. Where is it? Because free pizza or a ping pong table, that's just not it anymore. No, I don't think so. So I, I, what I think, do people need? I think that we're going through a huge shift. I think, you know, before COVID, that wasn't the norm for people to work at home. And if you were going to let a person work at home, it was a big deal. You know, um, yes. you trust the person, would they be able to get their work done? Are they going to be distracted all day? <laughs> we almost all got forced into having to adjust to that. And I think a lot of companies I know are, were like pleasantly surprised of how well it worked for everyone. And I think we can't just go back to that fully back in the office or not any consideration for certain things now. So, I mean, obviously some companies, they need to go back for many reasons, but there's a lot of companies that don't need to. And so with that being said, we have had to go through a whole shit bunch of shifts because pizza and um, a foosball table don't matter because <laughs> everybody was at home. And and that is a struggle yeah. for HR leaders now because we've got Zoom, you know, and we also are now hiring employees all over the country. And that trend has, I don't know what the statistics are on it, but it's, ex you know, extremely high now. I mean, I know most of my clients don't care what state they're in. And, you know, one client's got 35 employees and they're in 17 states. So it's, it's amazing. A lot. It's amazing. Yeah. Right. It's a lot. So I feel like it's the HR leaders and the managers leaders to keep people connected. Like my whole rule of thumb is if we're having a Zoom meeting, everyone needs to be on the screen because it's the only way we get to talk to each other and feel that like you've got some personal connection to someone um, versus just a phone call. That That's one thing. I think that I, what I know what I do is I, talk to people. So I go in cycles and I will reach out to each employee and I'll just set, schedule a time to chat. And it's, how are things going? Are you liking working at home? And there's some people that miss being in an office yeah. um, and some people that are saying, yeah, I wish we had a co-working space or whatever. And I collectively take those kinds of things back. And then I look for the common themes. What are the common themes? We might not be able to fix everything, but what can we do to make try to make people happier and give them more. And a lot of it's about feeling this belonging, this sense of belonging. I mean, I know myself, you know, I work at home and um, about a year and a half ago, I was so sick of working at home. I got an <laughs> office space 30 minutes from my house and I just <laughs> there because I just need to get out, you know, even yeah. if it's just say hi to someone in the bathroom, you know? It's yes, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so it's 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 just trying to find a pulse of that. I have a, a new client where um, my team has met with every single one of their employees. There's 36 employees, and we met with every single one just to ask, like, how are things are going and all that. And it's amazing. There's that commonality of maybe four or five themes that transpired from that process. That's um, amazing. Yeah, yeah. And so you need to just now, okay, we've got this information now. What do we do with it? And, you know, pulse surveys is a good way for some companies to get some of that feedback, but not everybody is so engaged in that. 
it's much better when you can actually talk to the person because either one, they're going to give you a quick response because they're busy. Two, they're nervous about their answer, even if it's anonymous that, you know, somehow yeah. someone's going to know who it is. Um, and are, are they just, you know, don't write their real feelings about things. So there's a lot to say by talking to someone, what's their body language, you know, what are they, you know, for me, I believe the people that I work with trust me. So they feel very comfortable talking to me um, in an open way. And I'm not going to go back and share like Joe said this, Tom said yes. this. I'm yeah. going to be, you know, careful about that. Like these are the some of the, the feedback I'm getting. So um, that I think has been effective. And I think companies are always going to be it's a little hit or miss. Like right now at Blue Dot, we've been trying to do like these coffee chats for the whole team in, in the different countries because we're in Australia and the US and we've tried a happy hour. And already, it, I said, let's just test it out. We'll try <laughs> and then see how it goes. And already we've had to adjust it a little bit. So, and so it's a little trial and error sometimes, but you're trying to find the right mix. And I think the team genuinely appreciates that we are trying to do things like right now one of the things we just did recently is we did a um we did an all team activity and we're in multiple time zones so i gave everyone four slots so they wouldn't have to all commit to worrying about you know they have to take their child to daycare and different things that come up and so we did that and we um did this really fun activity and everybody it was team building and it was really fun everyone had a great time and now we're gonna do um i really like to do games and things like that i think i told you that when we talked so yes, i do a lot yeah, of, I, I try to do fun things i make everyone dress up have a little mm -hmm. fun mm -hmm. um so now we're gonna do like a murder mystery so that's something i'm working Ooh. on now for like the maybe the in the fall at some point but um you need to have a little fun sometimes and yeah. i think companies forget that i mean we at Blue Dot, we do geofencing tech. So it's about location, right? So I, um, you know, when COVID first started, it was pretty tough on everybody. And we, our engineering teams in Australia, they were impacted much more significantly than in the US as far as not being able to leave their homes. And so I was worried, you know, about everybody. So we, we did this team event and we call it where's Waldo because it's about location yeah. and we also have a very diverse team and I always would try, look for opportunities to embrace that so I asked everyone to um, submit a picture from whether where they live now or where they were brought up and we I sent everybody where's Waldo little costumes and we set it all up and we played this cool game and everybody had to guess where um, like what picture was displayed where it was from and then we let the person that it was that had submitted the picture talk about it afterwards so everyone learned a little bit about different parts of the world so um i like to do those kinds of things and i think that um sends a message to the team that like i care and i i you know we care about everybody and, and we know everyone's busy but sometimes let's just have a little fun um, and well, it also know, sends a message that Robin is really fun. So you can do, <laughs> you know, you can do like a survey or you can hang out with Robin with a coffee. Oh, I'll take that anytime. And then because, you. <laughs> yeah, you know, and because you're so caring, it's like you create a safe environment where people then also will open up, you know, to you and share something. So, I mean, you can, you know, you can say that, 
um, it's the games, you can say, you know, it's the, the meetings, it's the one-on-ones, but ultimately it's you that's creating this. And I just, that, that's in our focus chat we had, that was just what came out to me. It's just, she's just so big hearted. You really mean it, you know, you really caring. I do. But yeah. you, ha- you also know how to have a good time and that shows. So yeah, can I be part in the, in the mystery, whatever yeah, game? Yeah, of course you can. I want to come, <laughs> I want to be invited. <laughs> so anyway, so um, yeah, no, I really like that. It's to create a good, good environment. And yeah. you said something, if I remember correctly, in the focus group that uh, because you have um, also people in Australia, that in Australia, they already are a little bit, you know, further ahead with taking care of their people and You're happiness right. and yes. whatnot. So mm-hmm. what do you mean with that? I just mean culturally, like from as from a, a country perspective, not as not a yes. company perspective. Yeah. From a con- I just feel like they're more progressive whether it's their laws and how they take you know care of employees i just think that they're more progressive than we are and they do they put a lot more things in play that are supportive to the employees than i think the the u.s team or the u.s as a country has and that's not to say anything bad about the u.s but just in general that i've noticed that over the last four years of my tenure with blue dot and i feel like you know, maybe this is partly like the the Australian team are much more close knit. I feel like only because they're just location wise, they're all like closer to each other. And, you know, they used to all be when they went into the office, you would I would admire them because they would be cooking breakfast together <laughs> and they playing games out, you know, outside, yeah. they'd go have lunch. They did a lot of things like that together. So it's but in the US, we're, we're pretty spread apart. Now our sales team is in Austin. So that allows for some of those things to evolve more and i think we do try to recognize that more but it was definitely i could see the big difference at the very beginning and now you know now that we've got a bigger team in one area that makes it better but some of us are like on an island you know we're kind of far away so it's not always easy but i will you know i have been out to like recently i went out to one of their shows um so and which was really good experience for me i would definitely recommend allowing an hr leader to come to something like that, one of the sales shows, because you get a whole different understanding, one from an HR side, but two from a like what the company does. And I so yeah, I think absolutely. that was a really good experience for me um, this year. And, and it, I encourage people when they have teams across the country in the US, we're so spread out to try to get them together, even if they're you know, um, you know, you, whether you can do a retreat or there's certain parts of the country that there's something going on, you allow other team members to come. I think that's important. Yeah, and it boils down to, you know, having like a partnership with HR mm-hmm. team and not just, they're not just in the department. They're actually right. needing to be right there at the table, really. And I mean, I'm from Europe. So what you're saying mm-hmm. with Australia is that in Europe, it's the same. It's just right. a little bit of different culture. You're yes. still having fun. You have a life. You have mm-hmm. friends at work and you interact. It's It's like... It's part of your life, right. you know, definitely. So you're also, um, I wrote that down here. You sent me this amazing bio about <laughs> you and I'm like, wow, she is so cool. So in Forbes HR, you're a council there as a member. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. tell me a little bit about that, what you do there. So that is, um, 
a network that um, different HR professionals, and it can be domestic or globally, um, engage with each other. So there might be certain areas of HR that are your strengths or your background, and you can join some subgroups where you can talk different back and forth about different issues. But in addition to that, what's really cool about it is that Forbes, um, we have polls that we can um, reply, or we can respond to and give feedback on, and those get published um, on Forbes site. And it, it's a really um, unique space for a lot of really intelligent, cool HR professionals to give their opinion or feedback. So versus just having someone write an article about a particular topic, we yeah. have HR professionals from all different industries, parts of the, the world that are responding to these polls and they get published. And then you can write articles that are supportive to the HR community as well. That's amazing. So does that then mean that's also like a support net for you, these people yeah, there? Yeah, for sure. Yes. Yeah. And mm -hmm. so how do um, other HR people, like what, what would you tell your colleagues that are not having that already a support system? Where do you think they should get a support system because HR it's good to have a support system it where is. you can talk and you can meet each other and honestly it's really interesting the focus groups I know mm -hmm. we did a one-on-one -on -one focus chat but the focus groups I'm holding they actually are turning into that which means they That's actually pretty. connect with each other mm -hmm. and it's I'm always really amazed and then they create a support system about it because right. they've been in that focus group about happiness, about wellness and burnout, whatnot. So what would you tell your HR colleagues that are just starting out or they don't have a support system in where to go, where to look for? They, well, I mean, if you actually, LinkedIn's a good place because if you do even a search for HR, you're going to come up with like, there's a lot of different smaller networks. And I, I'm on an HR advisory for this company called Benny as well. And they do like an amazing job. They have a, a Slack for all their advisory members and they have channels just in all these different topics. And people just talk to each other. I mean, part, some of the people on my team um, for my company actually came from that group. And I find, honestly, that's probably one of my best resources right now because there's just, we talk about everything and there's a lot of information there, um, which is super helpful. And, you know, there's, you got to find the right element. I mean, I have also had a business coach before and she's in the HR space. So that was helpful for me to roll things off as well. Um, but I would definitely encourage people, Forbes is something you have to be invited to. Um, HR advisory, I was invited to as well, but it might be a little bit easier to join something like that. Um, there's like one that I'm on HR girlfriends that I read and it, sometimes you're just reading through their content and then you're like, wait, wait a minute, they've got a group I can be part of. And that's, it just happens that way. I mean, that's amazing. That's really, really cool because yeah, support is amazing. And also like, I just think like when people come together, you have different viewpoints, different and yes. something goes like, wait, wait a minute. I like that, you know, and then just like you and I were having this conversation so much is actually common sense. But when it's said and you listen to it, you become aware of it and then you move forward in your day and you're going to be a complete different person just because of that shift, because something actually when like, wait a minute, I believe in that too. I think that too, that now right. I'm aware of it, you know? Mm -hmm. So, so how do you keep yourself happy and mindful and mm -hmm. healthy so you can actually show up 
and do your marvelous job. I know you said something about cooking and writing and reading. So mm -hmm. what do you do and what do you write? Because I'm an author and wrote a bunch of books. I'm okay. always interesting. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, let's just say lately it's been very busy. So I haven't done a lot of reading. So I'll be honest about that um, unless it's <laughs> HR related. Yeah. Um, I love to cook. That's like a huge thing for me. And I like to entertain my friends. So, you know, I, I try to, this is like something I've had to learn too about to keep myself healthy is, you know, I would work, everyone can slack me and they know I will respond right away. That's pretty much <laughs> the case. And I now carve out like a couple of days a week where I'll make sure I'm making myself a nice meal, but, um, and writing, I would like to write some, fictional type stories and it's more of just get an idea and I'll write it. I don't really share them with anybody. It's more, I think just relaxing for me. Um, but my biggest, the biggest way that I like to really diffuse or, you know, keep myself happy is I really love to travel. So that is, um, most people know me know that I'm going to be off somewhere every couple months doing something. doesn't have to be for a <laughs> long time, but I'm going to be off doing something, um, and I mean, I've even started, we have a Slack channel called fun travel at blue dot because so I'm like, well, let's put our pictures up from traveling. Absolutely. Everyone's been traveling a little bit more and it's kind of cool to see what people are experiencing. Um, but yeah, that I think is really what my, um, saving grace is, is I, you know, I work really hard, but then when I, when I'm ready to, to go, then I can go and I can completely, you know, shut off for a little bit. And that's been super i've been doing that the last like four or five years outside of covid and that's been really helpful that's wonderful because travel you know it's very creative you learn new things about mm -hmm. yourself about the world you meet new people new cultures yes. and it's just it's this expansion right you know yes. yeah and then you come back really really supercharged again so so we're on at the end of our conversation and it's always really hard to stop talking because uh, I mean, I could talk with you forever and ever. Oh, so um, where can people find you? Um, people can find me on LinkedIn. Um, you know, I, I am the VP of people operations at blue dot that's based in Austin, Texas, which I'm in Massachusetts, but I'm in Boston, Texas. And I also, have a website, um, pagehrconsulting.com um, that people can reach out if they're, you know, interested in, in working with our team. That's wonderful. And then do you mostly serve small businesses with mm. your company and HR consulting or what, who do you serve? I would say the, the space that we're in most of the time is like under, under a hundred employees. And they're either small companies or companies that are just starting. And, and I'd say that's where my team's strength is, is that building that initial framework and thinking about even, you know, from a culture piece, that's, that's one of our first questions, you know, what kind of culture do you want to develop? So um, that's, that's definitely where our sweet spot is. Oh, that's amazing because when you start out, I mean, even if a company is already there, but the culture and the values, it's just so important. And then to align everything with that, because then you also attract the right people and people are right. not starting and saying, well, that's not what I thought it's going to be. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that's really, really wonderful. And you help companies with that. Yes. Yes. Wonderful. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. So I 
Thank you for being on the well, show. Thank you for having me. This I mean, great. I had to wait so long to get you on the show. I know, so... I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. Well, you were traveling yes. and expanding and making mm -hmm. yourself happy. So I'm meeting mm -hmm. new people. That's amazing. So anyway, and listeners, I invite you to connect to Robin and to check out you know, check her out on LinkedIn, her posts and everything, what she does, also her company. And uh, to me, it's just, you're just a true, true, open-hearted, big-hearted, marvelous HR leader. And it's, you know, you struck, strike me as that back in our talk. And again, you know, I just really am glad that you're doing the excellent work that you're doing. So thank you so much. I appreciate that. Yeah, and I hope listeners, you got something amazing out of it because I sure did. And um, yeah, so, and I'll see you at the next show. Thanks so much. Thank you.